0: Let's pray. God, thank you for this Sabbath day, for this time to come into your presence, to be with your people, to take some time off of our week, our busyness, our work, our hecticness. Lord, we just give this time to you. We thank you and we praise you that you will teach us and draw us back into that reminder of who you are and how you've created us to be. So we we give this time to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, there's a cartoon of a young man, and he's talking to a pastor, and he's saying, Pastor, it must be really hard to be a minister. I mean, you have to love for others, and you have to lead this exemplary life, and it must be a lot of responsibility. You have to, you know, always know that people are watching you, thinking, wonder if you're going to make a mistake, or if you're going to falter or fail. It must be really hard to do what you have to do. How do you do it, Pastor? And the pastor kind of had this little wry smile, and he says, I stay home a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one way to avoid the stress of pressure from others, right? But we live in a life where everybody experiences stress, don't we? We live in a life where everyone is so busy, in their life. And because we are busy, we're, trying, we're really busy because we're trying to squeeze so much into our lives. And we're trying to think, I need to do this, and I need to accomplish this, and, and if I'm able to do all this, then my life will be better, my life will be meaningful, and I will have the life that God wants me to have, right? I mean, that's what, what's what God wants me to have. But because of that, we don't take time to rest. We don't take time to have deep friendships. We don't take time to really deepen our relationship with God. There's a term for this. The term is called crowded loneliness. Meaning that our lives are crowded with a lot of things and a lot of people, but still, deep down, there's that sense that we still have some loneliness because we're still feeling like we're missing out on something, that our lives are not complete, that something is not quite right. And that's because we were created for what's called connection requirement. We were created to be connected with God and to be connected with each other, right? That's why Jesus gave us the command where he said, Love the Lord God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We are created to have this connection requirement. But so many parts of our life are so busy that we fail to really adequately get that connection into our lives like we want. Today, I'm going to be talking about learning how to relax. I'm going to be starting a five-week series called Making Room for Life. Making Room for Life. And we're going to talk about some things like relaxing and play and some other things that maybe we don't think about enough in life anymore. And I hope this series will give us a biblical perspective of who God created us to be and how we were created to live. Now consider the average middle class family, right? You think about their schedule, might look like your schedule, right? Get up in the morning, right? Early in the morning, husband leaves about 6.45 to beat traffic, go to work. Maybe the mom gets the kids ready, takes them to school. Then she goes off to work. She works all day, probably doesn't even hardly take a lunch because she's so busy. At five o'clock, she goes and she picks up the kids who finished at three and maybe went to after school care or went home to try to do a little homework or maybe play some games when they're supposed to be doing homework, right? And then the mom picks them up and takes them home and they grab a quick meal and then she takes them to soccer or to church or some church activity and they're busy in the evening and they come home and they, they try to finish their homework and go to bed around 10.30 and then what happens tomorrow? It promises more of the same, right? And if you're like me, you hear that and you think, wow, I'm just tired thinking about that, much less having to live that out. And yet so many people live in that way. And you hear this and you're tired and you're busy and you wonder why do people allow their lives to be that way? Why don't we change our lives so that they are not so busy? And there's three reasons. There's probably more, but let me list three reasons why that often happens. First of all, everyone lives this way, right? So it's just natural, right, normal that we live this way. Everyone else is living this way and it's just what we do. We just have accepted it. And so we just let our lives get busy and we accept it as normal or right. This is the privileged life, right? Only be maintained with hard work and discretionary money that comes from two salaries. So we both have to work, we have to have all this money, we have to do this so that we can enjoy this privileged life that we're actually so busy that we can't even enjoy (laughs) And third, things will get better soon, right? This is just temporary season of business. I mean, next week, next month, next year will get better, right? <laughs> and again, we accept that this is just temporary, and we don't think any different from it. See, now this might not mirror your life completely, but it probably mirrors your life in that you are busy. Maybe you're a single mom, maybe you're retired, although I've heard that retired people actually act actually busier once they retire than when they were working, right? Everybody just assumes you have all this time, and so now you have even more demands in your time, right, when you retire. But whether what I described fits your life perfectly, what, what is going on in our life is that we are busy. We pack many things into our life thinking that if we'll have more financial resources, then our life is better and then ultimately we'll be able to relax and enjoy life, right? But the problem is is that our, this um, working more and being busy actually is not simplifying our life, it's making our life more complex. I mean, the more things you have, the more things you have to destroy yourself with. <laughs> and the de- more, more demands you have on your time by the things that you have. Maybe you can relate to the cartoon where this man named Fred went out and he put a hammock in between two trees so that he could rest, right? And in the last frame, Fred is seen standing on the hammock and his wife is yelling from the kitchen window, Fred, you really have to learn how to relax. He puts up the hammock, but he doesn't know how to use it because he's so caught up in what he has to do, what he's thinking about. Have you found yourself doing that? You, you go to relax, but you can't relax because your mind is still going so fast that you can't stop thinking about what you're supposed to be doing next. Maybe it's not even until tomorrow, but today you have trouble relaxing because you're thinking about all that you have to do tomorrow and next week. Or maybe you're like me. Maybe you've had this experience that's actually called leisure sickness. And this is a real thing. They've discovered that people, when they're busy, 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 and then they slow down, they stop, they relax, they take a vacation or something, and I've had this happen several times to me, then you get sick. When you you relax and you you let yourself just relax and you let down, you end up getting sick. And they found this to happen um, often for people, this leisure sickness. And so the only way to combat all this is to change our lifestyle. So think about this for a moment. I'm a pastor of a church, a church that we're very busy, right? We do a lot of things. And so every week I write a sermon and I do an outline and I do a PowerPoint and I have meetings, I do lunches and, and I have committee meetings and, and I prepare things and, and, and I study and I write, ser- uh, write lessons and, and I'm busy with my job, right? But that's not the only part of my life, is it? Because I have a wife and I have two children and so I want to spend time with them and, and I want to make time for them. And then I want to try to have time for myself and so I need to try to find out where in my schedule is that going to happen, right? Where am I going to take time for myself? I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm concerned. You're, you're very busy. Because <laughs> we are, aren't we? aren't we? We are very busy. We're constantly putting things in our lives that make us busy, busy, busy. So first we need to acknowledge that we need something deeper, something fresher for our life. And there really should be a sense of urgency about it because we have lost the art of relaxing. So many people have trouble with that concept of relaxing. We have to say to ourselves that we don't want our lives to get lost in the meaninglessness of busyness. Let me say that again. We need to make sure that we don't lose ourselves in the meaninglessness of busyness. We have to follow God's call in our lives, which doesn't include burnout. We have to make sure that we understand that we can't live out God's will for our life in this current state that we are in. Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11, and read the yellow part with me, please. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. But your response may may be to me, but pastor, you don't know how busy I am. You don't know how many things I have to do. This is impossible to ask of me. I can't take a whole day off. And as soon as you say that, it should stop you and think, wow. Is that really the way I think? I am so busy, I can't take a day off. As if we are busier than the Lord, or as we should not follow the example of the Lord himself who who took a day off, to to give us an example of what it means to rest on the seventh day, to rest on the Sabbath. So we need to hear these words. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded, tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it till morning. There's something that you need for the Sabbath. Then do it the day before. Make it the day before. Prepare it the day before so that you can have this time with the Lord. You can have this time with the Lord's people so that you can have this time of rest in your life. I mean, God commanded this to us that we need to have a day of rest for ourselves, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and that we have a day to the Lord that we are giving over to the Lord. You've probably heard the word epiphany. Epiphany is uh, that kind of aha moment where something just all of a sudden makes sense to you, right? You haven't understood it, you haven't understood it, and then suddenly it just makes sense, you're like, oh, aha, I understand now. Or maybe it's an epiphany where something um, that you kind of understood became a deeper meaning to you, understood it on a more deep level. And it's kind of that, oh, yes, now I understand. And I'm hoping that this is a reminder, maybe even a little of an epiphany, as I'm talking about the Sabbath, as I'm talking about a day of rest, as I'm talking about relaxing, that we kind of say to ourselves, oh, yeah, I remember, I am supposed to do that. Oh yeah, there is a reason why God commanded that. This is an important teaching for me, for God's people. I want you to think about your world for a moment. I mean, you're the center of your world, right? And then you have people all around you that spouse, children, friends, church friends. You have work friends, neighbors, right? You have all these people in your lives. And so the question that is interesting is, is that relationship group just one or many? So let me explain this for a second. So I have my wife, but my wife is not just one because she has other aspects to her life. And every part of her life impacts my life. So my relationship with her is not just one, it is many. And then I have my children, and they have their lives and their experiences, and all of their little groupings impacts my life. And so that relationship, in a sense, is not just one, it's all that their life entails. And so you see, do you see how complex your lives are without you even being aware of it? Our lives are very complex, and yet we don't really think through the complexity of life. And it's important that we are aware of this. You see, the truth is that most people in America live stressful lives, we live stressful lives because of busyness, because of worry, because of anxiety, because of hectic schedules, because of maybe even a lack of trust in God. We, we allow all these things to come in our lives, and they just come upon us and come upon us. You know, if you were to like, cut, touch your shoulders, they'd probably be really tight, right? Because <laughs> we carry our stress in our shoulders, don't we? The stress comes into our lives, and it's there. Um, Robert Putnam from Harvard University wrote a best-selling book called Bowling Alone. And he talks about how the average family engages in 13 automobile commutes a day. Now, that might be a surprising number. And for some of you, that might be a little higher in number than what you really do. But the truth is, as you think about our lives, I've already talked about the complexity. Let me talk a little bit about the complexity more. A car, if you own a car, it actually makes your life more complex, Right? because it allows you to go further distances, and it allows you to do more, and so you're busier when you have a car, oftentimes, because you go to all these different places. It might surprise you if you wrote down all the time you spent in a car each day. So let me go a step further. We have all this technology, right? And technology is supposed to make our life in a sense, simpler, right? It allows you to do more things, maybe hopefully faster. But then you realize that it actually makes your life more complex, right? I mean, how many phone calls now do you receive because you have a phone with you where you didn't receive when, you know, your phone was only at home and if you weren't at home, you didn't get any phone calls? How many texts do you get? How many emails do you get? How often do you go onto the internet and spend time on the internet doing whatever, right? And so this technology actually makes our life more complex. And so all this complexity comes in our life and adds even more stress to our lives. Now, as I said at the beginning, we were created to be connected to others. God designed us to be connected to Him and to be connected with others. And oftentimes, one of the things we lose when we don't take time to rest and relax and we don't slow down is the Deepening of relationships with other people. We just don't take the time to be with people the way we should. And so all of these things that are supposed to connect, you know, the internet is supposed to connect you more, right? And in some ways it does. It allows you to connect with people far away, but it actually is disconnecting us because we are with people face-to-face less. Right? Talk to the... I mean, even the the younger generation getting on a phone and actually making a phone call, right? They don't do that much anymore, right? I remember having several times saying to my children, why don't you just call them? Call them. Why would I call them? I can just text them. (laughs) Right? And so we're losing this face-to-face, this talking, this communication. We're actually being disconnected from people and not more connected, and God has designed us as social beings to connect, and actually, when you spend time with other people in a social way, maybe you play with them, or you, or you go out to dinner, and you spend this social time with them, it's actually a time of rest and relaxation. I mean, how many, how many times have you been with someone that you really care about, that you really love, you really enjoy, you have a dinner with them, or you go out, or you spend an evening with them, and after, you're, just, you're laughing a lot, you're having fun, and you just have relaxed. And we need to do that more. Many years ago, there was a big push for churches to start small groups. Why did churches want to start small groups? Because small groups bring us together and allow us to talk with one another and deepen our relationships with the Lord and our understanding of God's Word. But it also is a place where we can come and we can build deeper relationships and we can share and we can have people praying for us and caring for us. And it actually causes us to not only deepen our relationship with God, but with other people, and it actually blesses us in our life to be in those relationships. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, Peter read that for us already, but let's um, hear this, and then the yellow part, join with me. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I mean, think about Jesus. Jesus had his moments, his time of busyness, right? Right? And because of that, he was very intentional about taking time away and being with the Father, taking time away and being alone, taking time away and being in prayer. He understands what we're experiencing. And so when you go to him, you say, Lord, I'm so busy. I need your help. I need your help. Help me to learn how to relax. Help me to learn how to rest. Help me to learn how to, to be with other people. Help me to learn how to, to set aside some of this busyness and maybe make priorities so that I'm not doing everything that I think I need to be doing. Maybe there's some things I don't need to be doing. He understands that. See, to really relax in life, we need to learn to come into God's presence. God knows the pressures we're feeling. God knows the stresses. God knows our anxieties. God will be there to help us when we seek him out. He will give us his peace. He will give us his comfort. He'll give us a deeper faith. He'll give us the trust we need to say, okay, all is going to be okay in the Lord. I can set aside this anxiety. I can, I can push away this stress. God knows. God will be there. God will enable me to do this. But I need to be in connection, a deep connection with God. I need to come into his presence. I mean, think about that for a moment. How amazing is it that we can come into the very throne of God, the very presence of God, anytime we want. He allows us into his very presence to be with him. And so what do we experience when we come? Paul says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Are you content in your life? Can you really say, man, I am so content. I'm just, yeah, I don't need anything. I don't feel like I need anything. I'm just in that pocket where I'm just feeling so wonderful, and it's just, it's good. Life is good right now. I'm content. You know, I think if you surveyed a lot of people, you would find a high percentage of people who maybe in some way they think they're content, but as you survey them and give them the right questions, in the end you'd realize they are not content in life. And that is because we are allowing our busyness and we are allowing the things of the world to pull us away from the focus that we are to have, and that is our focus should be on God and how God has called us to live and, and accepting what we have in our life and being good with that I mean, maybe there's some things that God has, needs to add, but being content in the sense that, okay, God, this is where I am now. I'm okay with that. And the, those things you want in my life in the future, I know you will bring those to me. And I trust in you. And whatever situation I'm in, whether I feel like I'm, in, I'm having plenty or I feel like I'm in want and I need more, I will rest in you. I will be content. And I will trust that you will care for my needs. And when we rest in that place, then that is when we can truly know the life that God has for us. We can truly live out the life that God has for us to live. We can truly say, I have the energy to do what I know God wants me to do. Have you ever faced that where, where you know that you're supposed to do something and you just don't have the energy or motivation to do it? And that's because we are so busy and haven't taken the time to relax. As you hear today's sermon, Making Room for Life, this series that we're going to go through, I pray that you will determine that you want to not just have mere existence. That you don't want to just exist in this world. That you just don't want to get through what's going on. Oh, I hope I can just get through this next week. Have you ever said that? I hope I can just get through this next week or this next day. God doesn't want us to just have mere existence. God wants us to have authentic living. My goal is that through this series, we will learn how to get away from that crowded loneliness, the life of busyness, the life of disconnectedness, and start taking practical steps to this new way of living. Where we are content, and we're refreshed, and we're relaxed, and we're motivated, and we're energized to live for God. Let people be a part of your life. Let God be a part of your life. Let this day, this Sabbath day, be an important part of your week. So that you can draw close to God, be refreshed be lifted up, be empowered, and be filled with God's presence. Let us pray.